think that being happy makes a difference to your business not just your your happiness clients happiness staff happiness what would your business be like if you could have more happiness in it now today i have got a treat for you i have got matthew Phelan, author of freedom to be happy on the show and we are discussing the business case for happiness and how that relates to the equine industry, as well as talking about his own background and growing up on a farm. Um, and he knows more about cows than he does about horses. But do enjoy this episode and let us know what you think. Stay tuned. the equine business show and um today we are talking all about happiness um because matt has brought out this awesome book freedom to be happy so matt tell everybody who you are and what you do well uh jen thanks for having me on Uh, you're very well my biggest claim to fame is that i went to school with jenny (laughs) yay um, (laughs) the harwich school so that's uh that's number one on my cv um and what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> what do you tell everybody a bit more about like who you are and what you do in sort of terms of the happiness index like what what is that yeah so i suppose i suppose my background um i think is slightly relevant to to the question which is so i grew up on a farm so i've been around animals and, and stuff like that's natural for me um and my sort of background was i my view is that animals are better at communicating than human beings um and what i mean by that is we have sophisticated language don't we but i would argue um and my, my specialism is not horses my specialism is cows but, but let, let's group them together for now <laughs> i would argue that cows and horses are better at communicating than humans because if a horse is unwell it makes it pretty clear that it's unwell if it doesn't want to um go out for a run it lets you know if it's hungry it lets you know whereas human beings they they can be thinking something for five years and never let you know Um, and so i think i've always been fascinated in in like human and animal behavior and then when i got into the normal workplace that's when i started to realize i think animals are better at communicating than humans because people say some weird stuff at work and we'll get into that jenny's got some stats but um (laughs) I was really lucky when I was in my 20s, I started a, a digital and data marketing agency and we built that up to the, into a global business. Um, but we built it on a, a Richard Branson quote called, um, customers uh, don't come first, employees come first. So you look after your employees um, and, and, and then they will look after your customers. So I suppose in the same way that if you look after your, if you're in an equine business and you look after um, your team, I would, argue that the horses will be better looked after um, and we'll, let's, let's get into that in a bit but we basically built a bit of technology because when you've got 10 20 staff you should know how they feel because you should be seeing them every day having a chat but once you get past like 100 people which is, is a number called the dunbar number so generally you can stay friends and associate with about 100 people in your life and um, right right from like your partner like the core group through to like your bigger friends that you keep in touch with which is which is why people lose touch in life and, and, and stuff like that but businesses struggle 
beyond that number because they don't understand how their people feel. Um, and all the research and data says that if people are happier at work, they perform better in their life. So it's not just like a philosophy of mine. It did start as a philosophy, but the data and science backs that up. And, and, and I would argue that would be the same. Well, no, I know it would be the same. And it's the same in every single industry. So yeah. I would argue that if you love horses, um, and I don't understand why you'd work in equine if you don't, but I bet there are, in every industry, there's some people that don't. Yeah. Well, there are some moments when people said to me, oh, you like horses? And I just had to stand there and go, I don't know if I do. I don't know if yeah. I do anymore. And that's normal, isn't it? That's not, that should be yeah. the question you ask yourself about whatever industry you're in. But I would argue that if you care about horses that, and, and, and you're running an equine business and you don't look after your staff, then, you, then you, you're either... Uh, I'll choose my words wisely. You're either ignorance is a strong word because you might not know about the data. You might think you love horses, but then you look, you're not looking after your people. But once you know that data, I would argue that you, you, you're probably incompetent. If you know that looking after your staff means that horses are going to be looked after better, then maybe if you can't look after your team, maybe you shouldn't be looking after horses. But um, I. I don't work in the equine industry, so I'm free to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it, up at, uh, a horse I, event, I think, be like, "You're that yeah, bastard." It's one of those, the, those sort of tricky things, isn't it? Because as, unlike many industries with horses, they're twenty four seven. You know, it's it's all go go go. They don't take breaks. They don't have Christmas holiday. Trying to just go stop and go is so is so hard. And like even in sort of the current climate, that's with being all the all the lockdowns and everything that we've had being told that suddenly you just can't carry on brings up so much stress and yeah. and um yeah and it just makes it just makes it so hard because yeah they still need to be looked after they still need to be fed there's this dedication to duty which again i think as employers and um, employees that everybody feels and like so so going to sort of the stats on um equestrian business uh, the um grooms association did a survey recently according to their blog i will post it in the in the comments and the show notes um but that apparently according to this survey 58 percent still said that they that surveyed said that they were not paid the national minimum wage 61 percent said they didn't get overtime or time off in lieu 33% said that they worked th six days a week um, and 31% said they worked seven days a week. Shocking. And then, yeah, 21% said that they didn't receive their holiday entitlement. And I think it's it, I think it's really key because there's quite a high turnover, especially on smaller smaller yards, there's quite a high turnover because yeah, how do you balance between keeping keeping your staff happy and getting the work done because it's, it's hard work and trying to run a business because horses are expensive so um and like one yeah one one of the reasons i think a lot of us start our own businesses in the first place is because we are after that pursuit of happiness you know we do want we don't feel fulfilled in the workplace and we we want to be doing what we love and it's kind of getting getting that balance and so i was, I was having a good read of your book i've had a good read of uh, if, if you want to grab this this is matt's new book um freedom to be happy the business case for happiness and like like one of the things you said like if, if you want to start a business there's the time is now don't there's right. there will never be a right time and so that kind of resonates but there's so much in here um that, that i think is relevant like even if you don't have staff like even, yeah, yeah and, and so you're branching out but 
yeah, like as you say in, in the book, we've kind of banned emotions from the workplace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not been something that happiness has always been considered a bit of a wishy-washy, intangible thing. So yeah, yeah. what what can we do to make sure that we we get happiness into business? I think that the same happens in those points, Jen. I think the first one is, is equine is an industry of passion, isn't it? Um, like, mo I, I would imagine most people who get into it do love, do love that area. Like, and, but, and I think there's two points on that. One, that shouldn't be an, an excuse to take advantage of people. Just because you've got a young person who likes horses um, doesn't mean that you should get away with paying them less. Um, but there's two sides of this world is, is, is also the customer side. Um, and I think that's where equine businesses, like all businesses, need to be transparent about cost. And yeah. obviously my, my, my side of, of, of the sort of, I don't even know what to group the bigger industry as, but but animals and farming and equine and everything is that but the rural yeah rural the rural I business yeah. i think what rural businesses like the business i'm involved in and, and, and lots of your customers is that transparency about what actually goes in to let's take a riding school right yeah uh, I, I don't even know like i i i actually live near the biggest um biggest riding school in the uk in trent park I think they're, they're 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 known as like the biggest. Oh, I forgot what the yeah. biggest group of horses. What's a what's a group of horses? Is it a herd? Or herd? Yeah. Maybe, yeah maybe. Herd. I think they've got the biggest whatever it is in the UK. Equestrian centre. Yeah, they're, they're big equestrians. Yeah. 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 So that's the one I and, I and I go there and I love it. And I can't I don't I can't remember how much it is per hour for my daughter to go there. But let's just say it's twenty pound for for argument. Yeah. Uh, how much would it be um, at, at the horse ranges? How much would it be there, Jen, for an hour? Um, last time I knew it was about 20, 25 pound a week. Yeah. yeah. So not far off. So I think what I find fascinating is so to, to, to allow that 20 pound for, for a young person to go and ride a pony or whatever, I think people need to make it transparent about what how much it costs to run a business like that because mm. – what I find fascinating, if you look at my side of things like food production, people will spend a thousand pounds on an iPhone. Like they might spend that monthly and they may not spend that up front. But yeah. then they will argue about whether their whether their um, the price of their Weetabix or the price of their beef or the price of their lamb has gone up by one pound, which is it is an important argument to have because. Um, we're in really tough economic times. But I find it fascinating that people will will have no problems paying a thousand pounds for an iPhone, a new iPhone when the previous iPhone still works. Um, but then they argue about a pound about something that actually goes into their body. Um, so I think my point is that I think the wider rural community needs to get better. I do like what you're doing now, Jen, which is communicating out what goes into a business like that. Because yeah. I would, if I was running an equine business, I would, if, if, I, if there was a, a business that was doing it at very low cost, I would want the customers to think, wow, where are they cutting costs here? Are they really feeding? Are, they, are the animals getting fed properly? Um, yeah. Are they being looked after? And so on. So 
Um, it's a complicated piece, but I think it, it's two ways. I think the employer needs to take responsibility um, to not take advantage of people, but also the customer, where they spend their money, they they need to ask questions. But, but I think equine businesses need to do what you're doing like on this show, which is which is be more transparent. And that feeds into your marketing anyway. And then, and then just on the emotions bit, emotions banded from work, right? So as a non-horse person, but as an animal yeah. lover, I, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's the same with dogs. If you, if you go to new market, like new market, I love going up to new market and you watch a horse rider with their horse, the amount of emotions they show the horse, they're patting their head. Oh, I love you. You're the best horse I've ever had. Blah, 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 blah. They're happy to show their horse emotion, <laughs> but then, yeah. they might not. then yeah. the poor, the poor kid who's cleaning out the, um, the stables, they might not even be asked how they are. So, no, or, they're, or they're hurting and just told to just man up and just get on with yeah. the job it needs to be done and yeah it's um so i i think i think there's so much uh, there's so much in that and, and and i am a big thing of especially if we talk about dogs because i do love dogs and i find it fascinating that people that there's people that will have a dog um and not look after it because i just think it, and also but also won't text their friends to see how they are. Like, I think you've got to start with humans first. And then when you've looked after all the humans around you, then you should then look into whether you should be someone that has animals, whether that be a dog, a cat or whatever, because that's got to be number one, isn't it? If you've got kids, look after your kids first and all that kind of stuff and then get to the animal because it's like anyone, isn't it? Like if you've got two children, Jen, you shouldn't, You've got to be able to be in a position to look after your children first before the animals. And I think people yeah, take again, Even before that, you've got to be able to look after yourself first. That's a really, um, that's a really And a lot point. of people yeah, can't even look after themselves. And then, yeah, it's sort of, yeah. If they, it, and, and a lot of what I have to do is saying to people now, how, stop for a minute and stop trying to please everybody else and look after everybody else, get yeah. you right, and then get, come from that place. And then you're able to, to serve better. And I think... Do you, do you think that in that sort of sense that a lot of people don't because they don't put themselves first does that then impact because they're not happy that that then sort of filters down through it yeah well i think the, the research the research shows that most people think that if you go to school work hard go to university get a job progress up the ladder you will become happy um most of the data and research out there shows that if you focus on happiness, then you perform better, you get a better job, you you progress in the equine industry. So, so actually, it's the opposite to, to what most people think. So you've got to look after yourself. You can't mix up selfishness with looking after yourself because it can't suddenly ever be about themselves. But just basic stuff like when I, in my first couple of companies that I've run, I never made time for fitness and going for a run and all this kind of stuff. That since this COVID outbreak, there's not a day that goes by where I don't do some exercise because because I come from rural, but then I moved to the city. One thing you take for granted in rural, if you're working in like equine and stuff, which is if you're mucking out a shed, you, like that's your gym work done, isn't it? Um, and you might not look at it that way, and you might think, "Oh God, I've got to muck out the shed." But I found uh, this Christmas was the first Christmas that I didn't like 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 feed the cattle on the farm and stuff because we were in lockdown in london so i couldn't come back um 
but I that definitely impacted my own mental health because I I'm just not used to being indoors for a whole day. Whereas so on a on our farm, you spend all of the AM making sure all the animals are okay, and then actually I I really missed that because all of a sudden it's a nice feeling isn't it when you've actually finished the work yeah um, and done it and all that kind of stuff so and, and also from a, from an equine perspective i think businesses like equine businesses need to start to get better at showing what they what they provide beyond the ride or beyond the product that they sell because there's massive benefits to horse riding and and so on that are not that are not counted in society aren't they like shutting down an equine business, shutting down tennis courts, shutting down golf courses doesn't just have a monetary impact. It has an impact on on everything, on health. Yeah, and, physical and, and health, so mental health. Yeah, it's, it's massive. It's massive. And I think it's that makes it so hard for everybody because people still want to have that. I mean, we were so lucky that because I've, I own my own horses now that through the lockdowns, my children have still had to do their horses every day because they've got a reasonable excuse to get yeah. out of the house yeah um, and and it was something they can do and I just think if, if you haven't got that it must have been so so hard and I know even then a lot of um even like business owners in the equine industry their horses are on livery yards and the livery yards locked down and they weren't even allowed to go and see their horses and it was just uh, devastating yeah. for, for a lot because I say they are part of our families they're yeah, the animals are yeah. uh, a massive part um of yeah because we one of the things like all the little girls that tell all the horses their secrets, they're what they are. They're kind of like your headspace, you know. So I often say to people, I used to go and poo pick every day because it used to just give me that that space away to just think. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, life is just go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, and that definitely impacts um, men like mental health and sort of well being. And I, I think, um, I think especially for the case of the employers is because they've got all the stress of like, how am I going to feed the horses? How am I going to, they then come from that place and, and their staff feel that. And, when, and like one of the things you say, like when you're working in a, a place, you want to work with people who are also happy and it's really hard to keep, to keep the mindset right. Isn't it? Yeah. To keep it sort of flowing. And I think, I've, um, I, again, I think, cause I've got feet in both camps of like living in a city and, a rural background I it's easy to slag off people that don't understand the rural background and say well people just don't understand these people who are in Westminster all this kind of stuff you can even moan about it or you can spend time creating awareness of that impact because I, I bet you there's loads of decision makers in wherever that don't even realize that that yeah. when you shut this business you shut a coffee shop down that's good obviously going to impact a small coffee shop that's going to impact the family um, and their business, and that's obviously terrible. But you shut down a, like a horse riding centre, that is a business. How are those horses going to be fed? Because you play it out, you play this long, you play this further out, there's serious ramifications of that. And I don't think there's so many people, decision makers, that are not aware of that. Um, yeah. so, but, but again, you can moan about it or you can make people aware of it. And I just think, I just get I, I I just get fed up with people that just moan like yeah. and don't do yeah. anything. I left the um, WhatsApp group on my road because <laughs> everyone just moans about everything, but no one does anything about it. So it's like, yeah. is it just a moaning place, or are we actually going to do something? Because 
if you're yeah. going to do something about it, because in they brought this thing into London, they're uh, they're low, uh, low, I forget what they're called, they're low, they're roads where they've put stuff in so that they're low traffic roads so that you can yeah. do more cycling and all that kind of stuff. And there's pros and cons to it, right? But people people who live, people hate it because they can't get where they want to go as quickly as they used to. Um, but rather than like collecting some data, trying to understand the real impact, people just moan about it. It was like, well, yeah. you're not achieving anything by moaning about it. So get together, collect data and, and make your business case. If if you think that the equine business is is underrepresented in its positive impact on things like mental health and happiness and the GDP of the country, collect that data and get it out there rather than just uh, sitting and moaning because you, you're not you're not helping yourself or the future of your industry. Yeah, no, it's either yeah, it's either sit in the dark and keep whinging about being in the dark, or look at the light and go and get it at yeah, and and, ship, yeah. and shine it on where you're at. And I think. I think it is so important. But even then, I think there's a lot of things that equestrian businesses can do, even in lockdown. And as you say, it's kind of like telling, telling, like being transparent with people about what the real impact is, but also like the getting the mindset right and the money. And like I, one of the, the things like when I was with the horse rangers, we, um, we used to make people pay on a subscription every single week right yeah. regardless of whether they came to ride and a lot of the parents used to whinge about that but i said no what we're teaching you is that if you have a horse instead it's yeah. not about riding it's not about yeah. riding like my horses haven't been ridden properly in weeks because we don't have um, a menage to ride in and we've only got the fields and the fields are too wet and we can hack out yeah but the schools of course the indoor school i can't hire that out that's closed so yeah. they've, they've not been ridden, to, but it's not about the riding, it's about having the horse and having that responsibility. And that means you pay for it every single yeah. week, whether you ride it or not. If the, Yeah, you've still got, and it's the same, I, I guess, with sort of your family and having having the, the cows, um, whatever happens, yeah, they're still a, they've still got to be looked after, haven't they, yeah. regardless. So it's kind of yeah, educating people into that's why they pay for it. And if they want yeah. to make sure that they're, they're looked after and they're at a standard that they would expect yeah yeah totally yeah. if you if you love if you love horses then that's you cutting costs on stuff is only going to be a bad thing for the horses eventually isn't it and obviously yeah. there's going to be uh, every again i don't know the inquiry industry and there's obviously always going to be bad businesses in every industry that are trying to take advantage and just make a quick buck out of it but i'm pretty sure like in every industry most people know who they are and most people you, you learn over time don't you anyway uh, we live in a tr transparent world where you can leave reviews and all this kind of stuff so um yeah i just think like like with the book just try and collect data and do more research and and get behind all these kind of studies that show the greater impact of, of what the equine business does yeah and, and again it's not just and if we can focus on people like our clients our customers um, and our staff, our employees, those people that we support in our businesses, um, and we come from a place of serving, I think we'll all be happier. Yeah. Do you agree? <laughs> and I mean, the data backs it up. I mean, just, I left out more data in the book than I included because I'm a bit of a geek, and I, but I, I didn't want to make it too data heavy. There's lots of stories in there from different types of people and stuff like that. I mean, there's an amazing piece on soil research in there. So that I couldn't believe it because I read I read the article that soil makes you happier. 
uh, and it was like an article from like 15 years ago in the Blooming Daily Mail, which is a disgusting newspaper. But um, it just said, the headline said, so it makes you happier. So I, I contacted the professor in America and, and said, is this true? What What's the research behind it? But effectively, um, if you if you use if you take Prozac for depression, the way Prozac works, it triggers off um, serotonin in your brain. So serotonin is sometimes called the happiness drug, um, which is that kind of you. If your mum kisses you, you it releases serotonin in your brain. Um, so it's that like warm, nice feeling that you get from love and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what what they found in the research is that in soil is a bacteria. Um, that if you breathe it in, um, has the same impact um, has the same impact on your brain as um, as Prozac. So it's a pretty crazy finding, really. Um, and you start to realise like things like unhappiness are linked to the fact that we've lost our way in the rural world and all this yeah, kind of stuff. I'm so disconnected from our planet. We were never meant to be disconnected from. We're part of it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why. I wanted to speak to that professor because this is a for me this is a massive piece of research but only the start start of it isn't it because people say things like there's, there's initiatives aren't there like riding horses is good for mental health and all that kind of stuff but we're only we're only scratching the surface of it so if you take soil like because i always want to know more and more and more the first question i was like so what type of soil because if you go like like out in like Little Oakley and places like that, the soil is quite clay. It's quite clay soil from yeah. farming that area. If you go up into like like the north of Suffolk and, and, and Norfolk, they've got like that super rich, like that you could grow anything in soil. So I want to know like what soil makes you happier? Like, is there a difference? There's yeah. certain, um, at, at one of the, one of, there's a piece of research that children that grew up in, in like, rural farming communities um, for the first two years of their life build up a mental resilience that stays with them for the rest of their lives um, it's called the farm study i'll send you a link jen that hopefully that you can include yeah, in it. Yeah. Um, but it, it actually stays with you for your whole life like the child it, it, um, weirdly it has to be in the first two years um, for it to have a long-lasting impact you can get a short, you could take a six-year-old and move them from a city to a rural location and it would help. But we're still in the early days of understanding this stuff. Um, so I just recommend everyone to be part of this revolution of trying to get people to understand the wider impact. Like if you you don't, if you're, if, again, I'm, I know the equine business is wider than this, but you do more than sell a ride on a horse or a piece of equipment with this or horse. You're enabling something bigger in someone's life. So try and understand what that is. Like, I am sure most people who are into horsing got into it because they that, that that thrill of the first ride and all this kind of stuff. Um, and try and remember all that stuff, and then try and understand that and communicate it out is 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 what I would say from from the research in the book. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think. People, yeah, we've got to stop focusing on, well, I can't charge that much. Nobody's going to pay that. To actually helping people to see the value of what they're yeah. getting. And that yeah, it's, not, it's not just, an, yeah, <laughs> it's not just an hour's ride, is it? It's, yeah, yeah it, it's 
it's going to help them work better because they're going to feel happier. <laughs> like, as yeah. you say, just by having a ride. So it's going to improve their work life. It might improve their family life because they're not yeah. going to feel so stressed because they've taken time out. It's going to improve their health, their fitness, their mental. And I think, yeah, as, a, as an industry, we've got to stop worrying about the price. We've got to be yeah. clear that this is what it costs and this is why. But this is what they'll get. I mean, people think nothing about going to Costa and paying three or four pounds for a cup of coffee. Yeah. And... It, and, and explain like nobody likes putting their prices up but ask your customers tell them what you're thinking of doing like one thing that if your business is shut down right now whether you're a coffee shop or equestrian center you should be collecting your data and understanding who your customers your members who they are spending time finding out who's interested in horses in your local area so that you've got a better database so when you can reopen you're communicating with more people but ask them just say look if we put it up by two pound an hour so that we could improve the quality of the bedding, again, I'm just making stuff up because I don't know the industry. Yeah. We're gonna put it up, if you told your, all your customers, we're thinking about putting it up two pound and we could do this, three pound and we could do this, four pound and we could do this, just to ask people. If everyone's like outraged and says, no, no, we, we couldn't afford that. But you, 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 might off, you might find that people say, no, actually, if you put it up by five pound um, and that we could get more involved and, and all this kind of stuff. I, I'm a big fan of trying to trying to get your customers to see themselves, like you said, Jen, of, of that monthly point of, of seeing seeing your member, seeing getting your customers to become members of whatever your thing is. So, so I would see I would want I would want horse rangers to be seen as like not an exclusive club, but an open club that that you're all paying into, and there's opportunities in the year that you can actually put more in if you feel like that. Like if we want to contribute, if you want to. If you want to, um, uh, people do a really good way of crowdsourcing stuff, doesn't it? Like you, if you want to yeah. build a new stable, yeah, put it out there. Yeah, it's about community and, and getting people to feel that they're part of it. And then they're, they're more than happy to contribute because they understand it. And I think a lot of the time they don't. They just think, oh, I'm just getting an hour's lesson. It's, yeah, yeah. what's what's in it for me? And um, yeah. or, or whatever, whatever that be, even if it's like feed supplements. Or, I mean, the industry is massive. Or, yeah, like a farrier, it's... It's more. It's more than just a shoe on a horse. It's exactly. just more, or a trim on your horse's feet, or whatever it is, and um, it, it makes a massive difference. But I think yeah, happiness does follow through with everything. So, yeah. um, thanks so much for coming on today, Matt. To talk thanks to me. If people want to to grab your book, I know I got it on Amazon. <laughs> so I will make sure I share the link. It's a really good book, and it, yes, yeah, so it's a business case for happiness. Uh, so it, it, I think it's. Yeah, so I think it's really good for anybody that's in HR, anybody that's in, um, and I know that I've got quite a few horsey HR people that follow me, so I would suggest that they, they grab a copy and read because I think it just helps us to make better choices. Yeah. And the, the, the better choice has got to come not from the money, it's got to come from the, that attitude of doing the right thing and, and yeah. serving. And, yeah, so when the people are happy, the horses will be happier. And we're really good at reading reading the horses and their behavior and their emotions but we kind of read what people are saying but we don't want to yeah we don't want to yeah <laughs> yeah we don't want to admit that we know what the what their body language and everything is saying to us and we, yeah, yeah when they're not happy so um so thanks so much so where else could if anybody wants to get in touch with you matt what would they need to do where would they where would they find you um i'm on twitter which is at matthew Phelan. um i use linkedin for for business networking but 
Um, if anyone's got really interested in this stuff, I've created a community called the Happiness in Humans community. And I don't reckon there's any horsey people on there. So I, I, I believe in diversity. So if we could get some horsey people on there talking about this link between happy employees and happy horses. Um, I'm a big believer in putting your vision out there. I always said that I wanted to um, track the happiness of animals after we did humans. And someone from uh, the guide dogs uh, society got in touch and I got to go up to the um, where they train all the guide dogs. Probably one of the best days of my life. I actually took my daughter out of school and took her there. Um, oh. An amazing place to go but just join the community because there's i think there's about 500 600 of us in there all talking about this stuff and from different industries people in india china and so on and so on so i would encourage more people i think the equine business if you're not in it don't know any nobody else knows anything about it so i think yeah. the more people that know about the equine business and the challenges you've got the better it is for the equine industry yeah. so uh, not even just HR, a lot of HR people are buying the book, but it's anyone, like, if you're interested in happiness um, and your own happiness, yeah. I think the research in, the, in there is relevant to you, but please join the Happiness Community. There's my podcast where I, I basically re-interview all the researchers, so like that guy who's done the um, farm research and all that kind of stuff, he's on there, you can find that uh, and listen to me doing the job that Jenny's doing now. It's by, basically, if anyone listening, it's easier to be the guest than it is to be the host, because Jen's making it look really easy, but it's frigging nightmare. <laughs> everything. You've got to think of the questions and so on. So good work, Jen. Oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it is, it is, it's really, and I think especially with horses, like if you do ever do come and do horses, because horses are like mirrors. Seriously, yeah. like they, they will mirror your, you can see how somebody's feeling through the horse. Even when they're riding it, you can see how somebody's, body works because yeah. you can see the horse will mirror what the problem is in the rider it's they're wow. amazing amazing animals and um yeah it would be lovely to see some research on on that and and they do make a massive difference and i know there's a lot of people that work in inner cities um trying to get horses into into uh, like communities that wouldn't normally um, get that well, everyone, so. everyone in london's getting a bike to go to work what about it would be great if we all had horses wouldn't it i'd love to turn up to a meeting on a horse yeah, <laughs> I've done, I've done a lot of things on the back of a horse. I've sung on the back of the horse. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've had, yeah, all sorts of board meetings, I'm sure. But yeah, I think we should all get on horses. And so next time, when you finally do get to come home, Matt, you'll have to come and come and meet my horses. <laughs> yeah, I'm up for that. Your, I know my children kids. will be. Yeah, bring your kids for a ride. I've got two very nice ponies that they'd love. Yeah. So. Um, but thank you so much. And um, so do check out all of uh, Matt's links i'll make sure that he sends me all the information that you need and um thanks so much for joining please do make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a future episode of the equine business show and as always do like comment and share or, or send me a message on instagram or facebook at the equine business assistant i would love to know what your thoughts were have a great day and i'll be back really soon Take care.